Welcome to Archiving AK, a podcast of the Archives and Special Collections at the UAA APU Consortium Library in Anchorage, Alaska. We're here to talk about what we do, what our researchers are up to, and to give you a closer look at the world of archives. Hello, this is Gwen, and for this episode of Archiving AK, I sit down for a conversation with Emily Moore, an art history professor at Colorado State University, who did research in the archives for her recently published book, Proud Raven, Panting Wolf, Carving Alaska's New Deal Totem Parks. All right, Emily, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm currently assistant professor. Actually, I'm associate professor. Wow, congratulations. (laughs) It's still new (laughs) to my head. But yes, as of July 1st, I'm associate professor of art history at Colorado State University. But I grew up in Ketchikan and grew up um, near the totem parks that I was writing about. And that was really the main impetus for this book. Uh, So much of the scholarship in previous decades had really kind of labeled the totem parks as kind of these uninteresting tourist sites and just this kind of weird government program that had no meaning for mm-hmm. Native Native communities. And being in Ketchikan, I really saw how, like, Saxman, for example, which yeah. is a park there, it's heavily used by the community. So it just felt like there was more to the story mm-hmm. than being just a tourist destination and when I started interviewing elders there about their memories of the Civilian Conservation Corps which was the program in the 1930s that did all the totem pole restoration they were like this was a big deal for many reasons Mm -hmm. so so it was really growing up in Ketchikan with those communities that um, helped kind of key me into an interest in this research yeah, I actually, I have a close friend who was living up here, but moved back home to Klawak. Oh, awesome. Um, and so I've been there several times. Awesome. And They have a beautiful park. They do. Um, and it just, it means so much to the people there. Um, they have now, they have um, totem pole raising ceremonies exactly. that just mean so much to the people living there yeah. and and I believe it's part of their high school art program Jonathan Rowan is the oh interesting in I the did walk. not know that but he's had students in his native art program in the high school like mm-hmm. public education program and then he chooses one apprentice a summer to oh, wow. work with him on new poles that's so, cool yeah so yeah, yeah so you know firsthand mm-hmm. too that like these parks matter and they mattered in the 30s too yeah um, so how did you get started doing research in archives? Oh, let's see if I think back to when I first started. Um, I mean, what really started this project was when someone handed me a CD of all of the files scanned from the National Archives mm-hmm. that were originally up here in Anchorage and then they were moved to Seattle. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of opened my eyes to this fact treasure trove of primary sources, right? All these letters that the Forest Service had written between the CCC and 
including letters from Native people that I had never seen cited before, and so that, that seemed like oh, really important cool. voices to mm-hmm. include. So, um, yeah, I love archival research. I mean, you just never know what you're going to find, and sure, there are days that you can spend and you won't really find anything necessarily mm-hmm. relevant, but yeah. it gives me chills to like read the original signatures and to see... I don't know, just to see, to know that these pages were things that those people held and mm-hmm. and sent. <laughs> <laughs> Archive nerd. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we nerd out, too, over yeah. things that we find. Um, so what is the most interesting or coolest thing you found while working in archives? Hmm... Well, here, I mean, the UAA Special Collections and Archives is such a treasure trove for the tourist Mm -hmm. documents about the parks. And that had been really difficult for me to find. I was really trying to figure out how tourists reacted to these new totem parks that were really trying to court them, Mm -hmm. trying to get them to be their audience. And I I had really not found in the National Archives or in the museums down in Ketchikan and, you know, the museums that are closer to the parks. I hadn't found any kind of documents that tourists wrote or photographs that tourists took that revealed their kind of interactions with these parks. So coming here at UAA, um, you have the Robert Maurer mm-hmm. Journal... I believe it was from 1941, so it was like right during the period I was researching, Mm -hmm. and they had photographs of the parks as they were being built, and so I was like, wow, this this was so exciting, (laughs) and then you also had some Alaska Steamship Company, um, um, like, programs that included imagery from the parks, and those were also right from the time of the 1942 or so, I believe. So those were really exciting to find. And sometimes, like, you're searching and searching for evidence, and then you find yeah. something finally that... Yeah, that's an exciting feeling. It's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to go through a lot of days of not getting that feeling, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing with <laughs> Yeah, it takes a lot of patience. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you find most difficult about working in archives? Um, I always get hungry and thirsty and you're not allowed to have, like, tea, right? I always nurse my long research sessions with tea. That's that's actually the the kind of physical discipline is always tricky. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, and, you know, if I'm in a rush or I'm really desperate to finish an article and then I just, I just never know how long it's going to take in archives. So I love approaching the archives when I'm not in a rush. It's much more of a kind of just reconnaissance, mm-hmm. enjoying, enjoying just kind of getting into that period and feeling, you know, feeling out how people were writing, what language they used, what kind of imagery they chose. Um, so if I just can enjoy it like that, then it's not difficult. But if I'm pressed for time, oh yeah, hungry, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's really hard to be disciplined and stay in an archive room with no tea. Oh. And <laughs> How it, do you deal with it's that? It's really cold. Well, um, so we, we can have 
beverages in our office, just as long as they're not on the same on the same table as the materials. Right. So get perks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But (laughs) it it can still be um, a challenge when I'm really like working on something and I'm like I need a snack, but I want (laughs) to. I have my gloves on. Yeah. Um, and then also it's really, it's better now, but it's been really cold in all of our offices and the research room. So, um, that's going along with the physical discomfort. It's, it was just horrible for probably the first four years I worked here we like just fixed it oh my gosh yeah yeah no it's serious because you just don't you don't want to spend time in a room that Mm -hmm. long whereas if you're comfortable and not hungry then you can focus on the actual work and I don't know what the policy was when you were here but we have started allowing people to bring beverages and like set them on top of the lockers so that they can can have their 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 water their tea right just as long as it's in a closed container. Right. So. No, I totally get it. <laughs> I don't want the documents to be yeah. ruined. <laughs> um, so do you have any tips for other researchers who might be looking to do some work in archives? Yeah, you know, I have found that it's a really interesting balance of, like, doing my homework, but then also asking the archivist. Mm -hmm. I've noticed when I've done my homework and really searched through the finding aids myself, then the archivist is like, okay, I can see you've done some groundwork. I'm going to help you. Mm -hmm. Like, they seem more willing to go into that file or help look for things. But if you're just like, hey, (laughs) Tell me everything that you have about Metlakatla, which is what I just did to you guys. Um, Then I don't think you get as strong of a response for obvious reasons. It's nice when you show that you have some, you have some, like, you've done some groundwork. Yeah, for, for us, it's, we have so many other responsibilities and things that we need to do you we're just do not able to do in-depth research for people right. and if people are unable or unwilling to narrow down what they're looking for it can be kind of difficult to right. you know just pick a box and go in and tell them what what's in there that right. might be relevant right. um, also we don't always know what's going to be relevant for a particular researcher right. um, you know they might give us a topic and we might not think that something is relevant but it, would be totally it ends up being relevant to them right. so that's why we always really encourage people to do their own research on our website first right. and then we're more than willing to point them to other resources that might be helpful right it's actually why I've never felt comfortable using like a graduate student to do my research because okay. I just feel like yeah, I, there are things that I discover that I would have never known was interesting 
and I wouldn't have been able to tell someone, be sure to look for this. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if they didn't know to report that to me, like I, I want to just be doing that primary research, even though yeah. it's very labor, it's time intensive and it is. it's not always <laughs> rewarding. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I would just encourage people is to realize, like I think a lot of people just don't know that they can go into archives. It's or true. They're treasure troves. Yeah, we have a lot of people from the public who think that they have to be a student or faculty here right. to use us and that's absolutely not the case and we try to tell people whenever we can that we're open to the public but we can only reach so many people and then we have students who think that we're only open to faculty members and mm, right again that's absolutely not the case right so yeah so how do you guys do you, I remember when Megan was it Megan Frank mm -hmm. worked here I remember she'd like go into classrooms and tell people if you want a research project <laughs> here's like these awesome boxes that no one has written about mm -hmm. I mean that's publishable primary source material right yeah and we we try to get um into some classes and um do archival instruction sessions with the students, but we can only do so much of that. And then um, we also try to do some more outreach at community events and, and stuff. We have a social media presence, um, yeah. but there are you still- We do podcasts. We do podcasts. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's still a ton of people who don't know. don't know that it's open and available mm -hmm. yeah yeah so come down to your local archives <laughs> so they really are like they're little treasure troves yeah yeah um and it's a it's a fun place to work too <laughs> well I think that's all the questions I had for you um thank you for agreeing to do this and yeah my pleasure thanks for having me <laughs> Thank you for listening. After this episode, Archiving AK will be releasing new episodes more sporadically rather than sticking to a monthly schedule. Ongoing budget cuts and the departure of one of our colleagues necessitates stepping back and reevaluating our priorities. We've had a lot of fun with this podcast and we will continue to release episodes as the inspiration strikes. For now, keep following us on our blog and on social media for updates. <laughs>